Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 236. You can try so many new things on a Royal Caribbean cruise. Perhaps it's sampling food, learning to dance, exploring ancient ruins, or even learning how to scuba dive. Royal Caribbean offers scuba lessons in addition to some great scuba excursions, and this is the perfect opportunity to learn how to dive while on vacation. This week, a friend of mine is joining me to talk about how he went from newbie to certified diver while on a Royal Caribbean cruise. Here we go. Royal Caribbean cruises are filled with so many wonderful activities to do on board and on shore. And, you know, one of the activities that sort of, believe it or not, gets kind of hidden or not as well known is actually scuba diving. Yes, you can go scuba diving on your Royal Caribbean cruise. It's actually an activity that Royal Caribbean promotes a little bit to uh, get guests involved, whether you're a veteran scuba diver or you have no experience whatsoever and you're just thinking about, wouldn't it be cool to go scuba diving? Well, a Royal Caribbean cruise is and could possibly be a great opportunity for you to try it on out. And on this week's episode, uh, as somebody who has no experience with scuba diving, I decided to bring on one of my very good friends, John Bamber, to talk about scuba diving with us because uh, John recently took up scuba diving and it came about as a result of a Royal Caribbean cruise. John, welcome back to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, and I, I appreciate uh, appreciate the opportunity to share my uh, knowledge and experiences with you and the the wonderful folks here in the community. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. Of course, we last talked to John on episode 209 of the podcast, where John and I were regaling all of you with stories from the old country. No, wait, that wasn't right. Uh, regaling you <laughs> stories with credit cards and how to save on your cruise vacation. And uh, this week, we're talking about scuba diving. So, John, tell, talk to us about how did you get into scuba diving? Tell us why you became interested and how Royal Caribbean kind of brought that about. Cool. Well, I've I've kind of I've loved to swim for many many years, and uh, you know what's what's better than swimming under the water is being able to swim under the water and not have to come up for air. So, uh, you know, I was on Anthem of the Seas in June of 2017, and I saw that they offered this thing called a tri dive, and I'm thinking, well, that sounds interesting. What is that? And I I started to look into it, and <clears throat> excuse me, it's basically Royal Caribbean's way of saying, do you want to give this a shot? You don't have to commit to anything. You don't have to buy any gear. You don't have to. It's a it's a very low pressure. Just see if you want to do it, kind of thing. And I was like, you know, scuba diving sounds kind of interesting. I've never done it before. I love to swim, so let me give it a shot. And I I don't even I don't remember what the cost of it was. It wasn't that much either, but I want to say it was like thirty bucks. It was really cheap. But uh, I was on the the last sea day coming back from Bermuda on Anthem, and it was myself and one other gentleman, and we went to the indoor pool on uh, on Anthem of the Seas and met up with a Patty licensed uh, certified scuba instructor who basically just assembled the scuba kit in front of us and he said here's the here's your uh, buoyancy compensator here's your tank here's your regulator here's what you do put it on i'll guide you you know show you some of the basics and you can just swim in the pool so we put all the gear on he gave us a very basic kind of overview and then we just got to swim in about five feet of water in the uh, under in the uh, uh indoor pool for you know about 20 minutes just kind of doing laps around the pool but we got a, we got the sense of being underwater and staying underwater you know breathing with the uh you know with the apparatus and everything and just kind of learn some of the very basic safety things but it was just very much a uh you know get your feet wet so you know no pun intended of course but get your get get a feel for it see if you like it and then you can kind of go you know further along with it and, and i was i was hooked from the moment I, I realized i could stay underwater for longer than you know 
45 seconds to a minute and not have to come up for air, just being able to stay under that water and enjoy it. And, you know, I was, I was hooked from there. And then when I was on Oasis of the Seas in, um, August for the Eclipse Cruise, my cousin and I actually did a Paddy, um, discover scuba dive and that's actually the first and we're going to talk about the the sort of certification process in just a minute but um patty is actually stands for professional association of dive instructors and that's a worldwide kind of organization that administers certification training and so forth uh and royal caribbean has a has a, a partnership with patty so they can offer which is which uh they can offer the patty um sort of discovery experience that's patty's like get your feet wet kind of thing because the tri dive was royal caribbean's get your feet wet kind of thing discover scuba diving is um patty's get your feet wet and that that's a little bit more because you uh you're actually going in open water you know meaning the ocean you're going down to about 30 feet and it's it's more like a you know 30 to 45 minute dive and you're actually seeing things you're 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 experiencing more of than just a pool experience of scuba diving. But as soon as I, I did that, and that was in St. Martin with a wonderful dive shop down there called Scuba Fun. Uh, I think it's Scuba Fun Dive Center. But um, it, oh, amazing experience. So right when I did that and I, I got back from that excursion, I said, this is definitely something I really want to get into. So I, I can I can certainly owe my my zeal for scuba diving to Royal Caribbean. Absolutely. that's a, and It's a great start. And what a wonderful idea. Uh, again, not all ships may offer the the uh, that I don't want to call it an excursion, but that activity that that John just described there in the pool, because that's uh, honestly that's a great way to give it a try. Because there's very little risk. It's not like you're literally jumping into the ocean. You're in a pool, right. and I feel like that's a lot less pressure or um, you know. Uh, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but, you know, it, it's a little bit easier to kind of get a sense of, okay, you know, getting used to the equipment. Thus, when right. later on, if you do want to pursue it, jumping into the ocean, at least you'll be, you know, you'll have that experience already at, uh, to start with, as opposed to many folks who I assume learn scuba diving, <laughs> jump, falling backwards out of a boat into the yep. ocean and like, you know, well, this is how you start. So it's kind of a nice right. little training wheels kind of approach. It, and that I think that's the best, really good way to to explain it. It is a lot like training wheels because you know the there are some things to consider, and there's a lot of sort of safety things that you have to go over when you when you go through the training. But you know, going experiencing the the basics of scuba diving in a very safe environment, meaning five feet of water. If you panic, or if it's not if it's something that's just not feeling right, or if you're not something's wrong, or you just you need to kind of get that reassurance you can dart right to the surface and you'll be in the surface you'll be in the surface in you know two seconds or so unlike when you're in 30 40 50 100 feet of water there's other safety concerns that you have to deal with and other safety procedures that you need to be aware of you can't dart right to the surface depending on how long you've been under and things like that so it really is uh you know for for those who may be you know a little bit uh, you know, hesitant to to jump right into scuba diving. The try dive on any of the uh, classes and, and ships with uh, with the scuba stuff is really really a good way to go. And as far as the ships that offer it, um, a lot of and a lot of what we're going to talk about here on this on the episode is uh, a lot of the f- sort of facts and figures are at RoyalCaribbean.com/scuba. So if you go to RoyalCaribbean.com/scuba, um, a lot of the sort of Royal Caribbean specific information about what ships have the uh, Patty dive shops and offer the uh, experiences are going all going to be listed there. Um, as of right now, which is uh, it's early January 2018, uh, Anthem of the Seas from the Quantum class, Allure, Harmony, and Oasis from uh, Oasis class, Freedom, Independence, and Liberty from Freedom class, and Adventure, Explorer, and Navigator from Voyager class all offer 
paddy dive shops and, and paddy excursions. So there may be some uh, – some of the ships may not offer the tri-dive, uh, for example, but at least all of those ships have the scuba uh, facilities on board. So we'll most likely have at least the tri-dive or the discover scuba dive options uh, and so forth. So you know, definitely be on the lookout for that in, in your, your cruise planner because it's, it's a phenomenal experience. Absolutely. And again, the tri-dive program begins at about $29. Uh, there's also the pad, the Royal Crimin also offers the Patty's Reactivate program if you're a certified diver, but in, you need a refresher course. And by the way, all courses are open to anyone ages 12 and up. So, right. uh, this can be, you know, don't, don't assume this is just for adults. If you've got some older kids, this can be a great way to, uh, try this out. And one of the nice things, John, you know, I was thinking about it was you're doing this on a cruise ship. But the cool thing is you get to try it out. You get to get, you know, the, get the process of being certified, which we're going to talk about. But also, yeah. you, get to, you get to apply it right away. You don't have to be like, well, I'm going to get, I'm going to go do this in, you know, a lake or in a pool somewhere and near my house, and then I got to wait six months to go try it out on my vacation. It's it's instant gratification, scuba st- uh, style. Right, and you, you you essentially make it a part of your vacation because when you do the so so let's this is a good segue to the to the certification end of it. So um, now the 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 reason for the certification is just making sure that you have a you have solid training on all of the safety procedures and all of the equipment and everything that's required to scuba dive. Now, Patty is the sort of biggest name in the certification for scuba diving, but there's a few other ones. There's like SSI, there's, um, I think it's NAUI, NAUI, but there's a bunch of them, but Patty is the one that's sort of the biggest in most world uh, recognized. So if you do have scuba training from another certification, from the certification agency, you can still, you can mix and match them. So if you're like an open water certified through SSI, you can go advanced open water through Patty and then do buoyancy with uh, SSI. You can, you can mix and match. You don't have to stay with one company because I know that's something that a couple of my friends weren't sure of because they had, you know, they mixed and matched with their different certifications. But as far as the certification process goes, um, it's – and I really like the way they do this. It starts out with like book learning uh, or sort of at-home study. So when you sign up for the <clears> – excuse me. If you sign up through Royal Caribbean, you'll, it's the open water, which is the basic scuba diving certification, will certify you to dive up to 60 feet. And you always want to dive with a partner. You, you never dive alone. But uh, you'll be able to dive up to 60 feet in similar conditions to the ones you're trained in, and you'll get access to learning materials online that you have to complete before you go on your cruise. Because when you go on the cruise, that's when you're going to do all of your confined water, which is your pool diving, and your open water, which is your ocean diving, uh, to sort of verify your certification. And once you successfully demonstrate the your your understanding of the skills, then your dive your dive instructor will sign off on all of the materials, and then you'll get your tra- your certification card in the mail. Now, what I really like about this is that because I'm I'm someone that I don't know about you, Matt, but I'm I don't like tests. I don't if I if if I have a multiple choice option, that's fine. But I just don't like written tests, and I'm 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 not a fan of the whole pass fail thing. And it's you know it gives me a bit of anxiety when it comes to that kind of thing. But the the scuba training is actually really. It's it's very friendly to to do, and and what I mean by that is when you when you're going through some of the procedures with your instructor. If you don't get it quite right, they're not going to say, "Okay, you fail, you're done, you're out, you're you know five hundred ninety nine dollars for your certification." It's they're very very patient, and if you don't quite get something, they work with you until you get it, or if you at least under have a basic understanding of it, that will be enough to pass you. 
you know, because the whole idea is you want to make sure that you're able to positively react or, or, you know, safely react if something does happen underwater, whether it's a, you know, you have a problem with your air or, or you have a, a stuck air bubble and you start floating to the surface or, you know, wh- whatever happens when you're underwater, you want that training to come through for you in that moment of panic if that happens or anything like that. So it just builds you up with good habits and, uh, and prepares you for things that hopefully will never happen. Um, you know, so it's, it's a very, it's, I don't, I'm not going to say it's easy because there's some things that, you know, have a bit of a learning curve, but it's very, it's very, uh, forgiving and it's very, it's a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, 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 it's not, it's not meant to make you fail, if that makes sense. Sure. I mean, yeah, they want you to succeed. They're trying to right. uh, make sure you take, take full advantage of it. Uh, um, right. So you have the 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 pre the pre cruise course <laughs> about right. you know learning about the fun of scuba diving, uh, and then there's also uh, some practice sessions in the pool which you talked about, and then you also have some dives, right? Correct. So yeah, so you have your your pre work your uh, which they're going to give you the the access to the Patty Online e learning um, system, which is it's it's pretty cool because I did that for my um, I got uh, enriched air nitrox certified, so I can breathe different air mixtures. But that will uh, basically go through some online materials. It's kind of like interactive PowerPoint type things with some videos, uh, and then there's some knowledge review questions that you have to do. And your instructor is basically going to be emailed with your test results and everything, so that that'll be sort of put in your file because your uh, your local dive shop. Uh, which I promised I would give a shout out to Dive World Austin because they're my local dive shop. They're awesome. Uh, but uh, your local dive shop has to keep your uh, records on file. I believe it's for seven years. So there's, and there's some other documentation that you're going to have to fill out as well, like a medical questionnaire. And I wanted to mention this too. The medical questionnaire is going to go through a whole bunch of things. It's going to one of those like, you know, do you have this or have you had history of this or anything like that? Be honest when you answer those because if any of them are yes, then you have to have a note from your doctor that says you're clear to dive. So if it's something like, do you have a history of uh, like cardiac issues in your family or, or a, his- a history of uh, emphysema or something like that, you want to make sure you see a doctor before you do any scuba diving because there are some things, some environmental things that will put uh, that will you know want to make sure that your conditions are not going to prevent you from enjoying the experience and doing it safely so you know make sure that before you go on this uh, you know on your cruise and even before you sign up for the uh, you know for the training and such you know see your doctor for any of your specific things that sh- that may be a, a concern because your the instructors will not certify you if you have if you don't have that medical clearance for any of those issues Definitely some good advice there because obviously this is uh, – you know we're talking about having a good time on your cruise and whatnot, but obviously your health is uh, chief among your priorities and right. certainly and- you know, you got to talk to your doctor about those kinds of uh, uh, issues you may, may or may not have. Right, and, and every, every single dive master will tell you that the objective of every dive, even if you go to visit a wreck or explore a reef or anything like that, you know if you're going down there to photograph it or whatever you're doing, that's all secondary because the primary – sort of objective of any dive is to get back from the dive safely. You and your buddies and everybody you go with is to get back to get back from the dive safely. There you go. So talk to us about the actual dives themselves. How many are there and what's it like during the again during the course? Okay, so once you so once you've completed your your e-learning and you do all that stuff online before your cruise, then you'll go and meet up, you'll go to the the Patty dive shop which is usually on the same deck as the pool. 
Um, you know, usually around the corner from the pool. I think on Oasis, it was uh, it was right near the solarium. But uh, and I, I saw Symphony of the Seas will have one, so I'm excited about that because with our group cruise coming up, you know that I will have my dive gear in tow. And uh, if you ever wonder where I'm at while the ship is docked, just assume that I'm scuba diving. Uh, but uh, basically, go to the Paddy Dive Shop, and uh, you know you, you may you may have to bring out some paperwork or something because I haven't done it with the cruise line. But you may have to bring some paperwork that you completed the uh, online stuff. But uh, you know you'll go there, and they'll tell you when your confined water dives are going to be, and then your uh, open water dives are going to be. Now. As far as the what you're going to have to do, because one thing I've been asked before is, uh, you know, are you going? Do you have to be able to swim in order to be certified uh, for open water diving? And the answer to that is yes. You have to demonstrate swimming. I, I forget what the number is. I think it's 600 yards, but not in, you don't have a time limit to do it. So you basically have to swim. You know, we'll just say it's 600 yards, but it's a it's right around there. But you have to swim that without stopping. And you can take as long as you want to do it. I, I forget how long I did it, but we just had it. We were in our dive shop pool here in, in, in town. But I think it was, uh, I don't know, it took me seven or eight minutes. I mean, it wasn't that bad. But uh, and then you have to tread water for 10 minutes without touching the bottom of the pool or the sides. And again, it's just to make sure that you're able to, uh, you know, perform basic swimming in the event you need to keep yourself at the surface or, you know, what, or just to even swim underwater and so forth. But we're, when you're doing these, you're not wearing all the gear. You're just doing the, you're swimming back and forth in the pool by yourself without any of the stuff on. So you're not going to be weighed down by that. But um, once you do those things, then you'll do your confined water dives. They're basically going to be a bunch of skills. So they're going to teach you how to remove your regulator underwater and put it back in your mouth and clear it, take your mask off and clear it, um, taking the entire scuba unit off underwater and at the surface and put it back on. That's a lot of fun. Um, and some, some other skills like that, they're going to teach you the hand signals because there's a little kind of, I wouldn't call it a sign language communication system because obviously you have something in your mouth while you're underwater. You're not going to exactly have a conversation underwater. So uh, you have to, you'll learn some very basic signals as far as communicating that you're okay, you need to go up, you need to wait, you know, some basic stuff. Uh, and then, what, and, and again, it's not a pass-fail thing. It's they're going to work with you to make sure you get it right. Uh, you know, and you have a basic understanding of it. So once you go through all of the uh, th those kind of skills in the confined water, then you'll do the actual open water dives. And, and those are kind of going to be a, a lot more of the same things like with skills, but it's going to be more with ex exploration. So the, the beautiful thing about doing them with, you know, with Royal Caribbean especially is that you're going to be doing these in some of the best um, the best environments for this type of thing out there you're going to be in crystal clear water you're going to with you know 50 50 100 feet visibility so it's going to be a, a gorgeous place to go if you get a chance to do it in saint martin the the area that we that i dove in there was a sunken uh like a huey helicopter an old plane an old submarine so there was really fun stuff to see while we were doing our dive there so i mean there's it it's going to be a you know a, a great experience even though it's a training kind of thing it's still going to be a memorable experience um you know here in in austin we we dive in lake travis and the visibility is about i don't know 10 to 15 feet on a good day so you know it being able to go in in crystal clear waters even for a training thing is is a is a phenomenal uh, phenomenal opportunity oh i can imagine so i mean you know there are but we should mention by the way there are sometimes some excursions that are available for non-certified divers if you're uh, escorted by um, an instructor. But being certified, right. John, really does make a huge difference, right, in terms of being able to enjoy the experience? 
It does, and actually, it, it does because Royal Caribbean does offer um, you know excursions for certified divers, and you'll need to bring your um, you'll need to bring your proof of certification, of course. Um, but they'll do uh, you know they'll do two tank, usually one or two tank dives, where you know you you they'll si- sign you up with a local dive shop there, and they'll provide the air tanks for you. Usually, they'll provide all the gear for you as well. But you're definitely welcome to bring your own gear, um, you know, for that. But those are usually they're not geared so much towards training as they are just a regular dive once you've got the experience there. But um, one thing I wanted to point out too, as far as kind of sort if you're certified, um, kind of like uh, Royal Caribbean offers the what is it? Is it the uh, the private journeys? What, is that what it is? Yeah. Where you can kind of book a custom thing. You can book yes. a private dive with uh, through Royal Caribbean as well. So kind of like you do your private journeys on land, you can. Uh, have Royal arrange for a private dive. If you know you and your party want to go to see a certain reef, or you want to go to a certain exp- you know certain place, you can have Royal help you uh, organize that type of thing. Um, and again, you can reach get all that information on uh, RoyalCaribbean.com/scuba, or you can e- you can email uh, what is it? I think it's Royal Diver at RCCL. Uh, yeah, Royal Diver at RCCL.com. Um, we'll go right to, I think it's a group email because I emailed them with a question about the dive shops and I got a reply from the dive master on the, uh, the dive instructor on Anthem of the Seas. So, uh, you know, you, you can, you can interact with the Patty professionals right, right through uh, email there. Nice. Well, John, it sounds like, you know, scuba diving is really a great idea for folks who may, uh, you know, have always thought about doing it, but never really knew where or how to get started. And what a perfect opportunity, especially if you're going to places like Cosmel or uh, Belize or some of these other places that are just have such a great reputation for diving. You know, like you said earlier, it's about, you know, being able to combine the opportunity to learn how to scuba dive and then apply it instantly in some of the best places in the world to enjoy nothing against, of course, the wonderful scuba diving locations in uh, in and around Austin, Texas. Absolutely, absolutely. And there, there's a whole list of different uh, ports that offer Royal Caribbean scuba excursions. You know, just to name a few of them, I mean, Aruba, Bonaire, and Curacao, are the, the big three on our Freedom Cruise uh, uh, in 2019, you know I'll, I'll be – I will definitely be underwater for most of those. Uh, but, uh, you know, Aruba, Bonaire, Curacao, Nassau, Bahamas, Bermuda, St. Croix, Costa Maya, St. Martin. So, And there's more. I'm just naming a few of them. But there, uh, you can – when you go to royalcaribbean.com slash scuba, you can click on any of those – the pictures, and it will actually take you to – a picture, uh, so take click on the picture. It takes you to the uh, actual excursion that's offered there, and you kind of you can read about if it's a you know for certified divers, non-certified divers, and so forth. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely something I highly highly recommend, and I uh, I, uh, I just cannot wait to get back in the water and do more diving. So I, I hope you guys uh, you know get a lot of good uh, information out of this, and you know I, I look forward to seeing you guys blowing bubbles underwater. Alrighty, my friends, it's time to answer your Royal Caribbean questions. This is the part of the episode where I dive into the Royal Caribbean blog podcast inbox, dust it off, and find some great questions that you have sent me about any aspect of Royal Caribbean cruise. And of course, you can always send me an email by emailing it to Matt, M-E-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, Matt, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Our first email this week comes to us from AJ, who writes, Hi, Matt. I was listening to one of your recent episodes. I'm a few episodes behind. And I heard one of your listeners ask a question about getting to Port Everglades. I wanted to email you and share with you and your listeners my experience with getting to the port. I was on a lure of the seas over the summer, and I was flying into Fort Lauderdale International from Philadelphia the day before the cruise. We stayed at the Spring Hill Suites by Marriott, Fort Lauderdale Airport and Cruise Port. The hotel runs complimentary shuttles to and from the airport from the hotel. We had the shuttle pick us up as soon as we landed, 
and they brought us to the hotel for free, but we did give our driver a tip. When we got to the hotel, I went to figure out how to request a shuttle to the port the next day. At the desk in the hotel lobby, there was a sign-up sheet where you could tell them which ship you're going on. They ran three different shuttles to the ports, 9.45 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 11.45 a.m., all of which were complimentary. They took all of our luggage and loaded it in on the small shuttle bus, which I would say held about a dozen or so people. It was a short drive to the port, and by the time I got out of the bus, the driver had already gotten our luggage out of the back, so of course I tipped him again. I uh, wanted to share my experience with getting to Port Everglades to help any of your listeners who need to get to the port love the blog and podcast. AJ, thank you for the recommendation and the first-hand review. Love that. You know, usually I, I'm i not a huge fan of the shuttle services offered by hotels just because I'm a type A who needs a bit <laughs> needs, and needs is in air quotes because my wife is, I'm sure, rolling her eyes at me saying this right now. Needs to be at the cruise port significantly early. Now, 9.45 a.m. ain't bad because if... 9.45, you'll probably be there right after, around you know, the early 10 o'clock hour, right, right at 10 or just thereafter, thereafter. And that's not bad. And certainly I can deal with that. Uh, of course, that, that was the option. But, you know, being complimentary, hey, that's not a bad deal at all. So, AJ, thank you for the review. That's uh, very helpful. And I know a lot of people always struggle with trying to find a good hotel option for you. Of course, the other the fallback for anything is always a taxi. But, hey, if it's included in your hotel fare, even better. Next, we have an email from Chad Nipperitz. Wanted to share a tip that some people might not think about or even know about that honestly. We recently booked a last-minute cruise on Freedom of the Seas out of Port Everglades the last week of February. I say last-minute because anything with less than four months to plan ahead for is last-minute for me. We normally drive, but because of work schedules, we needed a quick turnaround getting back home when flights were reasonable, $173 a round trip per person. Because of the added expense of flying and overdriving, I was looking for a really good deal on a hotel. I checked multiple sites and called some hotels directly and couldn't believe the prices. On average, a nice hotel like a Best Western or a Holiday Inn was $350 per night, while an upscale hotel like the Hilton or Marriott was $500 a night or more. For those doing the math at home, that is more than half the cost of my flight there and back for a one-night stay. The cheapest hotel I found was $225 per night at a La Quinta, and we had been had some bad experiences there, so my wife was nixed that idea. Another factor beyond the price of the hotel was also parking and transportation to and from the port. With that added cost, I was quickly looking at for an alternative. My wife suggested looking at Airbnb. I myself had heard of this, but never actually done one myself, and it's not something I've ever heard talked about on the blog, which prompted me to send this email. I downloaded the Airbnb app on my phone and started looking. I was able to find a really nice two-bedroom townhouse with a full kitchen, two bathrooms, Wi-Fi, free parking, and a 70-inch flat-screen TV with Netflix. It's only nine minutes from the port and in a nice area with local shopping and restaurants. Total price, with fees included, $159. Add together with the parking fee that, uh, that we are paying at the local park and cruise facility next to the terminal, which would be $60 total, and we are at a total of $219. I was much happier with this cost and booked immediately. Hopefully, the information will help someone else save a little bit of money. I never really looked into something like Airbnb before, but with the rising cost of hotels during certain seasons, I'll be looking there a whole lot more in the future. Thanks to you, Matt, or cap- our captain of cruises, for all you do, and a happy belated birthday. Thank you, Chad, for the email and great recommendation. You know, Airbnb is a great choice. You know, it, it's it obviously depends where you're going and what your choices are, but absolutely ter- leave no turn, leave no stones unturned, as they say, and certainly take advantage of that. And I, I think that's a great, great point, Chad. Um, and I'm glad you brought that up because for a lot of times, you know, I think all too often we look at planning our cruise and we look at it from as you know. It, looking at it one way, right? Always stay in a hotel, always flying to this one airport, do it that way. But when you expand your choices and you consider alternatives, hey, you might find a really good value there. And Chad, I think that certainly 
you know, Airbnb may work for some folks out there. It may not be always a great option. I've looked at some places and obviously where you are and some other choices there. You may dictate other things. I mean, I'm quite frankly surprised how expensive the hotels were in Port Everglades. At first, I thought when I was reading your email, I thought you were talking about like New York City. But for Florida, that's crazy talk. The other thing I would point out, Chad, for future reference, is in Florida, you don't have to stay that close to the port. You know, if you rent a car, you can go stay an hour away, which sounds like a lot, but it's really not. You know, you're flying in the day before anyway. An hour is really not a big deal, and you can save a lot of money. A lot of times we will stay in uh, the Fort Pierce area or the um, uh, West Palm Beach uh, some of the uh, areas, uh, Port St. Lucie, that's, an, that's the city I was really trying to think of. And that's about an hour and some change away from Port Everglades. It's north, but you'll save, you know, 100 or even more, 100 $150 a night. To me, that's worth it. Now, granted, I can understand if you're flying into Port Everglades, driving an hour may not be a ideal scenario. But if you're getting in early and you've got a car, you're going to rent a car anyway, that might not be a terrible choice. Especially, again, to Chad's point, if you can save $100, $200, it's totally worth it then, right? Our next email to us comes to us from Ethan, who writes, headed on a lure of the seas for a Western Caribbean cruise over July 4th. This is our first time on an Oasis Claw ship. The catch is, we're going to get some some ports we've never been to before. We're going to Nassau, Cozumel, Roatan, and Costa Maya. We've been to Cozumel before, but it's been a few years. You might give me my family and I some shore excursion ideas that we should check out. So I'll skip over Cosmel since you've been there before. Nassau, I went with my kids to the British Colonial Hilton. It's a day pass that you can get over there. Uh, very reasonable price. I think it was like $70, but you get a $40 food and beverage credit with it. Not bad at all, and a lot cheaper than Atlantis. That's not a bad choice. You could also, for a lot of people, honestly, in Nassau, treat it as a port day, or a, pool, a sea day, rather, and just enjoy the pool with less people around. Roatan and Coastal Isle, we're both going back to both those ports, Ethan, in March on board Rhapsody of the Sea. So you may want to, I'm going to give you a recommendation regardless, but Ethan, I would recommend you revisit this question when I go on there in March. But I've been in Roatan a number of years ago. We went to the Parrot Tree Beach. Parrot as in the bird. Parrot Tree Beach. We have a review of it at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. And it was great. Really very affordable. Beautiful beach. Love that a lot. Costa Maya, we have been and are going back to Maya Chan. M-A-Y-A-C-H-A-N. It is an all-inclusive resort. Similar to like Anachi Coco and Mr. Sancho's in Cosmel. But uh, when I was there last time, Ethan, it was the best service I've ever had of any all-inclusive so I'm going back there again, and I'll have a review of that and also whatever we do in Roatan to share with you. But I would also recommend anyone looking for shore excursion advice, check out our message boards at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. We've got a shore excursion board dedicated to this, and there's so many great recommendations there for you to check out. So uh, definitely don't overlook that. Uh, we have time for another email, and it is from Angie Benneker, who writes, Hi, Matt. Just found your podcast. Absolutely love it. I just started listening yesterday. And I've been listening backwards to the most recent. I have two questions for you. Number one, I was listening to your podcast about the technology coming in the future. Is the app you mentioned you, that you can order drinks from and talk to family on board the ship available now? And if so, what's the name of it? It is available now. It's called the Ro- just Royal Caribbean International is the name of it. Uh, but the features that you just outlined are not rolled out yet. It's not available on all ships yet, Angie. It's only at the time of this recording. It's only available on like four or five ships. And even those ships, it hasn't, they have not released all the functionality yet. So it's still very much a work in progress. Uh, so yeah, it's not, I, it depends on when you go on your cruise, Angie. Of course, you're going on your cruise. They said that they're, the only timeline that we have is that they had said that it'll be deployed fleet wide to every ship in Royal Caribbean's fleet by the end of 2019. Now, they're, they've been rolling it out to a couple of new ships since that announcement, but. 
you know, again, the full feature that hasn't quite made it there yet. So it's hard. I, I can't handicap what it would, when it'll be on what ship and what features that will be there. I've reached out to Royal Caribbean a couple times about a timeline. I've gotten zilch back. So I think it's kind of one of those things we'll know when we know. And of course, when we do know, I'll post about it at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Angie also wants to know, we've been selling with Royal Caribbean since 2003, and I know that when the drink package came out, both parties in your room had to book one, or no one could. When we cruised in 2013, my husband and I both had to purchase it. When we sold in 2014, or on our wedding cruise, that policy had changed, and they could order an individual basis. Has the policy changed back that both passengers must purchase a drink package if one does? Angie, the answer is yes. They changed that at the beginning of 2018. So your timeline is correct, but it is back to both adults requiring it. Uh, there is the option that you can contact Royal Caribbean before your cruise and ask for an exemption if the other person, the other adult, does not drink, has a medical issue, is a recovering alcoholic. There's a number of reasons why you probably wouldn't want to dr- purchase an alcohol package. Uh, what you have to do is call before the cruise, call Royal Caribbean, explain the situation, ask for an exemption. They will almost always have the other person instead buy a lesser expensive package like the Royal Refreshment Package, which would still be significantly cheaper than buying an alcohol package that the other person won't be taking advantage of. So. Hopefully that answers your question there. Our next email is from Chris Drake. He says, Matt, I love you, man, but I couldn't disagree with you more. <gasps> Gosh, disagree? Let's read this more. Chris writes, there isn't any comparison between Royal Caribbean and Disney Cruise Line. OMG, I've been on both. Sorry for so short, but I'm still at work. I would love to tell you why that is a fact with my wife and I. Well, Chris, I invite you to email me back. I think they're very close. I, I And Chris, with, with all due respect, I feel the cruise experiences are very similar I'm not saying they're identical. I think Royal Caribbean does something's better. I think Disney does something's better. But I think overall, in the grand scheme of a cruise experience, especially in the Caribbean, the experience is so similar, similar enough that I just don't understand how you can say, yes, it is worth spending two to three times more money for a Disney cruise. That's what it boils down to. Again, I'm not saying that Disney Royal does everything better than Disney. I'm not saying Disney does everything better than Royal. I think there's a lot of intermingling and I think if I were to have my report card I would say that inevitably when you look at it holistically they're very similar experiences and that being said I just don't know understand why anybody who compares the two can reasonably say yes I prefer Disney I'm going to pay Disney prices for it I get there's some things like I love Disney as much as the next guy the movies are wonderful my kids love singing all the songs from them you know, it's, it's really nice, and their theme parks are lovely and wonderful, if not terribly overexpensive as well, but there's a, you know what, you can't deny the quality, the the head and shoulders above average experience you get at a Disney theme park, but when it comes to cruising, it's not like that. You're really, in my heart of hearts, I really believe you're paying for the name more than anything, and that's why I say that, but Chris, again, I invite you to send me another email when you're not at work so you can uh, give me more of a comparison. I actually don't know if Chris is saying that the comparison is, uh, you know, he thinks Royal's better, Disney's better, or whatever, whatever his angle was. But uh, I love a good debate, Chris, because I'm always right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, let's go to another email from another Chris. It's from Chris Fletcher. Just a quick clarification regarding the drink packages. I've always purchased an alcohol package for myself on past cruises. As an Australian, when on holidays, I've consumed the packages of value in alcohol. I find them to be a great value personally. As I'll be purchasing an alcohol package, and I plan to inform Royal Caribbean that my partner won't be purchasing one due to his personal preference, will he be obligated to purchase the Royal Refreshment Package, or can he not purchase any package as he has done on past cruises? 
While normally I wouldn't mind purchasing a non-alcoholic package for my partner on my past cruises, we have this year decided to go a back-to-back -back, uh, 12 and 14 night itineraries on Ovation to the Seas from China to Singapore and immediately after on to Sydney, Australia. A quick pricing of these packages on my cruise planner puts four packages for two cruises at about 1800 Australian dollars. I just want some clarification on the issue before I phone roll and change my partner's preferences. Many thanks. Love the blogs and podcasts. Chris, thank you for the email. I think the email earlier explained it, but yes, you can call Royal Caribbean, explain the situation to them. They should offer you an exemption, in which case your partner can get the Royal Refreshment Package, which will be obviously a lot cheaper than that alcohol package, Chris. So hopefully that answers your question there. Uh, I know a lot of folks are, are concerned about that. And again, um, some people have reported back different results. My advice to you is just call back again. If, if, you, if someone says, Chris, there is no way that guy on the internet is right, by the way, don't quote me. I'm never a good source of information to, <laughs> to convince anybody of anything. But, um, you know, if you call Royal Caribbean and they say no, say, okay, thank you very much. Hang up and then call right back again. Get somebody else. I'm telling you that's the rule and that's the there is that exemption. It does exist. There's enough people that have gotten it to know that it's a thing. Sometimes some people on the phone may not be aware of it, so it's just easier to call back again. But you can absolutely get that, uh, Chris. You have no issues all right, time for one more email, and that's going to come to us from Eric Clemens of Bristol, Connecticut, home of ESPN. Um, Eric writes, with over a year to go before our upcoming Oasis of the Seas cruise in April, I stumbled across your blog and podcast. Wow, what a great information you provide. You could be a broadcaster for a living, you know, from one professional to another. Well, thank you, Eric. I am a, I love, I'm a, so let me try that again. I am a loyal, he just complimented how good I am at broadcasting, and then I completely flubbed the next line. I am a loyal Royal Caribbean cruiser, and I'm also booked on the October Transatlantic on the new Symphony of the Seas. I'm wondering, on a Transatlantic with nine straight sea days, should I downgrade my current Central Park balcony for an interior room with a virtual balcony? As I write this, such a move would save me several hundred dollars, and I'm seeing a potentially better budgetary fit. But it's Central Park! You've experienced both types of cabins. What do you say, Matt? Oh, man. Eric, I can see it both ways. I would tell you... This is the problem, Eric, is I have experienced both. You're right. And in your with your situation, I would probably go for the what would my wife would not go for the interior. My wife would say, We're going for the Central Park balcony. She's like, man, a balcony experience is nice. You get a bigger room, there's more space, there's something to be said about being able to go out in your own private balcony. That's an intangible benefit that for some people is a really big deal. For me, it's more of a nice to have. Certainly, if it's hundreds of dollars, and you said several hundred dollars. You could really justify, well, if I could stay in an inside room, virtual balconies are not bad at all, and save a lot of money, I don't know that you'd be wrong for going that route, quite honestly, Eric, because, like you said, that's a lot of money, and sea days, in which there's not a whole lot to see, you know, you're not, you know, this isn't the Med, this isn't Alaska, this isn't an itinerary where it's that important, I don't know that you're wrong. The only reason you might want to do a balcony, keep the Central Park balcony, is if, like, the balcony experience is tangibly important to you. Like, you want to have a breeze, you want to be able to go outside, have your own private space, people like reading there, and so that's really important to you. I can understand that, and that would be a good reason to keep it. But if it was just something you booked because you thought it was nice, and you, you're kind of indifferent, and, and your stateroom is basically just a place you go to shower and sleep, go for that inside room and save the money there. I don't think anyone would fault you for several hundred dollars. For like, you know, if it was $200 or less, I'd stay with the balcony. 400 or less, probably still stay with the balcony, but it'd be close. Beyond that, yeah, I switch. Uh, but that's me, and again, Eric, I've stayed in both. If you've never stayed in a Central Park balcony, I almost think you have to go with Central Park, unless it's like north of, you know, six, $700 difference. In that case, then yeah, go for the inside. 
money can't buy you happiness, but it can save you a lot of money. On, it, can, it can buy you an alcohol package, and you'll start still coming out ahead. So, Eric, thank you for the email. Thank you to everybody for checking in this, checking out this week's episode of the Royal Green Blog Podcast. Don't forget, you can send me your emails, whether you agree with me or not. It's okay. I want to hear from everybody. Uh, by sending an email to Matt, M-A-T-C, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, Matt, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.